welcome to the Bullpen Sessions. This is Patrick Lillis. Uh, glad you're here. Glad you're listening. Glad everybody's healthy and well. Well, hey, they announced uh, Broadway coming back in September, which I just think that means that Broadway can come back. We're still learning what that means regarding shows and audience and all that, but it's uh, pretty much, I think, like... <laughs> You know, it's funny, as it's happening, it's weird to think like, well, that's what we thought would happen back in the beginning of the year, is that it would happen in the fall. Uh, I hope in the Broadway starts, I hope the off-Broadway, I hope all the theater starts fully in back, and uh, just like the academic year, the school year, I hope we're in person, classes, really normalcy, that's what I'm looking for. And I think it's interesting, I was talking to a friend of mine who got vaccinated, who's still nervous about going out to eat in a restaurant and things like that. And I think, well, that's what the vaccine's for. I'm not going to tell people how to live their life, but I'm hoping when I hear that, I'm, I'm hoping that when we get vaccinated, and I hope everybody on who's listening is, that we go out and go into the world, not carelessly, you know, wear your mask when you're supposed to, and but start to enjoy life. And I think about it in the most selfish reason. I mean, not only do I want to do that, but I but I also think if we start to take those steps to get back to it, then people will start venturing confidently into the theater, uh, the audience. I think all of us will happily go back to work, but the best way to do that is to know that the audience feels secure in going back to work. And uh, and I know we want to. One of the ways I know we want to is I talked to actor, a friend of mine this week on the episode is uh, Victor Almazar. And Victor is fantastic. His journey's amazing. You'll hear that. Really wanted to talk to him for a while, but I was really, really glad to because his journey is not, it's not like anyone else that I know. It's, uh, and he's, you'll hear, hear him tell it. And, but it's also great. And, but one of the moments in it, he's also a great musician and um, should check out his music as well. We were in the middle of the conversation. You'll hear us both talking about at the end about how much we want this to be over and needing to connect with one another. And and I asked, you know, I wished him success as we were talking because he was really had a lot of momentum right before the shutdown. He had, he had done a play, um, Halfway Bitches Go Straight to Heaven at the Atlantic, and it was a big hit. And, you know, he just had been working pretty steadily. He was in Medea right after that at BAM with uh, Bobby Cannavale and Rose Byrne, and it, it was great. And, and, both of us, you know, talked about like, well, maybe that, you know, you don't know what's going to happen when the gate opens. And then right after we talked uh, the next day, it was announced that uh, Between Riverside and Crazy, a play that he did, will be heading to Broadway with the original cast. And that's that's great. I'm also excited to share this because while uh, Victor talks about his career and some deviations he took on the journey, he is also doing what a lot of people are doing this pandemic. He is at home and he's got his... He's watching his son, Taino, who is great and was very, he's very quiet and, and checking out Mickey Mouse during our interview. And you'll, you'll hear that. And uh, Victor was so, I was grateful that we were able to have the conversation. And also in the middle, we, you know, I had to stop a few times to reset and make sure that Taino was uh, engaged because I don't think he was as interested in what we were talking about as we hope you are. But it's a great conversation, and you'll get to hear Taino at the end of it. And um, really, really glad to catch up with Victor. So uh, I'll let you listen to it. And with that, play ball. 
started music. I, I started getting interested in music before acting in a way when I was in high school. When I was in high school, I started, I was listening. I got to this country at 13 and like around 14, 15, I started listening a lot of Biggie. And then one of my friends introduced me to Tupac and I was, you know, listening to a lot of Tupac and then Nas and then Jay-Z. So I didn't know how to do that. I was like, wow, how do they do that? But I wasn't confident in English. You know, I was just two years in this country, if any, if anything. So I wanted to do that. And I focused it in trying to write in Spanish. And when I write it, I read it so much. Then I started memorizing them. And then I go to school, people make beats. And then I started spitting them in Spanish. And people was like, wow. And I, I like that. And if people understood what I was saying. A lot of Latinos there. So then I'll go home, write something else, and I'll do it again. Um, uh, so I was doing it for a while and I started f trying to freestyle in Spanish. And then one of my teachers introduced me to, 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 um, uh, to drive. There was a drama program in school, which I thought at first it was to, for me to deal with my everyday drama, but it wasn't, it was dramas and acting and, um, uh, and then I, I liked it. And, uh, at some point after a while, I started liking it. And then he signed me up for a youth theater group. So it was music then acting, and then I've been back and forth. I do music on my own, and acting has always been with, like, either a youth theater group or on some type of organization um, uh, that I've done the acting through. And the music is, like, myself, you know. And we, um, uh, I find it amazing, because this is yourself, but self-produced, right? You're, you're Yeah, in a way, and what I'm thinking now is just, you know, like, I've never been signed with with anyone. There was a point that it might have might have happened in the past, but, uh, you know, I got in trouble and, like, you know, I deviated for a while. And then uh, I came back to the entertainment thing, but more through acting. And then at some point I was like, you know what? Let me get back into writing, see? And then I started recording music again. And what my thoughts are in music is I have something, I record it. Um, uh, and if I could do a music video with it, I do it and I release a track. You know, I have so many tracks. I got, like, close to 40 tracks right now and uh i've only released recently like four new tracks but my my goal is to release two to three every year two to three every year until like i get enough following or enough people if i get to do that to release an album you know maybe yeah. you know maybe i get a following through my music because i talk about social political issues plus i do some fun tracks it was interesting because i love the i love your music i love the videos and i and one of the things, because I was initially what I thought, oh, I'm going to ask Victor because you, some point I want to circle back to the deviated. Uh, when you said I deviated and I yeah. came back to music and theater, we'll talk about that. But I'm really interested in the self-producing because where did that come from? I know you you produced, right, 1155? Well, I, I was um, uh, one of the co-writers. And uh, what happened with that is that... Um, I had gone through certain things in my life and then I wrote something about that world and I brought it to Ben Snyder and I wanted him to read it. He read it. He was like, okay. I'm a, and it was, I wrote a, a lot. Like it was more like, a, it wasn't like, a, I liked the story, but it wasn't as grounded. And it was more about that, that, that the, the essence of that world. Um, uh, and then uh, he asked me what what made me write about this. And I kind of told him a little bit of the journey that I had been through. And he was like, uh, like uh, a few days later, listen, I'm more interested in writing something about your life. Do you want to do that with me? And I was like, yeah, that's that's dope. And uh, he came with uh, Ari Isler, Ari Isler. 
And uh, and then Ben and I started meeting up every Friday and developing, like he came up with an outline about the stuff that I had told him, but he came up with an outline and we did like a fiction semi-based in my life. Um, uh, and that uh, he was the main writer and then I will help with, you know, the wordings and all this other stuff. And uh, and also things that didn't feel right, and and I would kind of improvise some of the dialogues of, of what would happen if I say something to someone, what would they say back? And I would improvise it, and he would type it and send it back to me. Um, uh, so then I got credited as a, as a co-writer. Um, uh, the producing part, I didn't get credited as a producer. I wasn't. Uh, I didn't get anyone to come in and uh, and invest something. But I, I could have gotten executive producer because of my involvement in it. But, uh, you know, that was my beginning in understanding this whole world, too. Yeah. Curious, just like how that came about. Then I'll ask the first question I should have asked because I met you through Ben. How did you meet Ben? How did you two connect? Um, uh, when I came back from the Marines, um, uh, the company that I used to do youth theater with, which is the creative arts team, CAT creative arts team, they have sessions for youth, for for elementary, for high school, for colleges, for prisons, their parents, all this stuff. So when I came back, uh, the person that I was uh, working with in the youth theaters, she was like, why don't you work as an actor teacher? I was like, ah, I've been in the Marines. She was like, it's like riding a bike, you never forget. So I was like, okay, so I auditioned and they liked my audition and I started working in uh, developing curricula and uh, doing educational theater in, in uh, junior high schools around uh, around uh, around New York City um, uh, and then Ben was in one of the one of them I think he was in, either in the in the colleges or prison program and uh, that's how we met he was working in one of the programs and I was working in another one and I uh, would meet in the in the in the lounge area I guess and that uh, we would talk about life and everything and then um, at some point I stopped again I got deviated. I deviated and uh, and then uh, later on he reached out against me. But that's how we met in that in that world. That's how I met Ben. So, so yeah, so that's how I met Ben. Cool. And um, when you say deviated, I gotta ask, like deviated meaning like, oh, I started a family or I started doing things that are that I'm shouldn't be doing and like what's deviating now that i shouldn't be doing i don't want to call it that i'm uh i got involved into like uh, when i came back from the marines like i'm uh you know the marines that that's not like um a, a good transitioning program to the back to what they call civilian world for lack of a better world a better word i'm um so I'm, uh, I came back from doing NATO missions, intense trainings. Um, uh, I came back from doing Operation Iraqi Freedom, Operation Enduring Freedom. So I had all this on me and I came back to New York City. And honestly, I didn't want to do nothing. I wanted to have like three, four months of doing nothing, just chill. And I kind of like, you know, when I, I started working for the youth, uh, for, for the creative arts team, it was a part-time job. So he allowed me to come back into my neighborhood, like by like 11 o'clock, two o'clock, one o'clock. And I just go to the barbershop where I, I was a lot of my friends were, and I just hang out and I started smoking a lot of weed, um, uh, which helped me chill and, and sunburn out. I'm, uh, um, uh, and in doing that, I was watching a lot of people do what they do in making their own money in the street and stuff like that. I'm um, uh, being what you call street entrepreneurs or, you know, um, uh, 
Um, uh, and asked oh, what they were doing and how they were doing it and how they were making extra money. And me, since I was smoking weed already and I get it by amount, I was like, oh, the people that were around me, I could probably provide it to them. And uh, and that's uh, what I started doing. And at some point I was uh, I started making a lot of money doing that. And uh, at that time, weed was not legal, wasn't seen well as what it is now. Um, uh, and uh, and uh, there was uh, a time that I got stopped and searched and I had like a lot of bags with me. And uh, I got in trouble with the law and I couldn't go back. Well, I, everybody, for, you know, when you get in trouble with the law, you can work for the education, for, for the education of the, uh, what is it, the Board of Education. But everybody in, my, in, the, in the CAT wrote letters saying, like, you know, I was a great art, a teaching artist in the, in the services that I, I was providing for the company. So I was, a, I was writing my own letter and I was supposed to bring it back in and I got arrested again right back to back. So I just disappeared from everybody. I felt so ashamed and I felt bad. And uh, so I disappeared. Like I just stopped going. I didn't bring in the letters. You know, what was the point? I got arrested back to back. And I, in in a way, dove deeper into that world where like I made, a, I was making a lot of money. I started, you know, I'm, um, you know, getting involved in, in, uh, in more, um, um, I took basically I progressive. That was my career. I started progressing, taking steps up and I became from just someone that supplied to more managerial work for lack of a better word. I'm Yeah. I wanted to get that out a little bit because I find it amazing and I'm curious what, and I knew Kat, like I knew your work with Kat and I knew that that was through the high school and it, it, it gave you, that in music, giving you a sense of identity early on and, and a way of expressing yourself. And then when you, I like that you say deviate, I'm wondering what got you back to the art. So yeah, I got so deep into it. Uh, and when I'm talking deep, I was deep, deep, deep. And uh, to the point that I, at some point I started like consuming some of the stuff that I was uh, involved with. And uh, I also, um, uh, some of the people that I was um, uh, supplying stuff to got uh, arrested and stuff. Some of them, like, put the feds on me and everything. So I, I didn't know, like, I, I knew that I didn't want to be, that, that this, that I didn't want that to be the end of my chapter in life. You know, I was one of the few from my friends because I was involved in gangs also before the, I went into that school that had the drama program. Um, uh, so I, I was one of the few of my friends from my circles that got to graduate from high school. I was one of the few from uh, that went into a military program and came back as a sergeant on the four years. Um, uh, so I had done all these things that were like, you know, like overachieved certain things. And then I came back and then I was like, wow, this is going to be the end of my chapter. I accomplished all these things and uh, came back and then uh, I might be, end up getting arrested and do a lot of time over, you know, over self-medication stuff in a way. So I was like, I, I was, I remember I was in this dark hole and I was feeling very depressed and I was, you know, consuming a lot of stuff and at the same time providing it for other people, but it didn't feel right. My energy was all wrong. And, uh, when that happened, when the, when that guy got arrested and put the feds on me, I was like, I guess for as an escape, I was like, let me go to back to city college. Cause I had done like a semester and a half 
when I was as an actor teacher, I was like, you know what, let me focus on that too. So I had done a semester and a half and then I quit because I was making, I couldn't handle acting teaching, the street thing and school. And I was making so much money here and I was making my part-time here. So I was getting basically um, what I needed from both worlds, but it was too much to do school at that time. So I stopped it. So when I went back to school, I, I just, I, it was just to get away from like, in a way to like, oh, if the feds are following me, they'll see, oh, this is a good kid. You know what I'm saying? He's just trying to put himself to school. Like, if that matters. But that's what my processing was at the time. And, it, you know, it worked in a way where like, you know, like there was not a case against me. A case needed to be bailed in a way. If there were, if they had started following me, thank God somebody told me that he got arrested and that he was snitching and that he mentioned my name. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known. But like, I started going to school and in going to school, I went for theater and speech in City College. I paid for the tuition that I, I didn't complete and I paid to come back to school. And then in doing that, little by little, it felt good to have the teachers and some other people saying like, oh, wow, you're good at this. Oh, wow, you're good at that. And kind of reminded me that this is kind of like somewhere I belong. And not for nothing, that had been the third time that acting saved my life in a way. Um, uh, so that's what got me back into theater again, like that thing, that pressure and not being happy and my energy was all wrong. And then, you know, feeling like, oh, man, that's it. I'm caught up in that world forever. And I want to kind of like, you know what, let me see if I see the glimpse of light again. And that's kind of what got me back into this world. Thank you for sharing it, because I, I know that I knew that a little bit. I didn't get the detail of that because I don't pry, but now I have a podcast, so I pry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but what, so now, because it's amazing, because I'm thinking like I, the second to last play I saw before the shutdown happened, before I went to direct, I went to Virginia right before the pandemic was Medea at BAM. So like, yeah. you know, so the intro of this is deviated. And I also, you know, we, I, I did not, my, my life is not as, at risk, or or I I didn't go into business, you know. I just had the self medicating. I just was a consumer, and and theater saved my life, you know. So I think like we I, I identify with it, but I also know we have a similarity. Wow. I, read, yeah. I read your uh, article in Harvard that you wrote. Ah. <laughs> uh, the Harvard. You looked it up. I looked it up. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Read it and uh, and I thought, oh right, that was me. I was going. I was, you know, skipping school, doing whatever, and then theater got me engaged. Yeah. And has kept me engaged. Um, and I'm saying all that because when I think of, like, at what point, what do you think got you? I know we met at the lab through the intensive, right? But um, did you go to grad school before that? I was just, uh, I just had applied for the master's program. Again, that was something I didn't think I could do. I was like in my family, um, uh, you know, most of my cousins and my friends and even my own brothers and sisters, like nobody had like a college degree or you know, none of that stuff. And then all of a sudden me trying to like figuring out what I'm going to do my my life and my world and like, try to understand what's going on with me in my mind and everything. I went back to city college and trying to escape that whole thing and trying to find myself again. That before I knew I was getting uh, a bachelor's and then uh, one of my professors, the Dean of, of the department 
He was like, listen, you got something and it's strong. You should go for a master's. Now nah, I just did it to get away from the from the stuff that I was doing. And he was like, you should try. Just audition and see what happens. And I auditioned for a few things. And then I auditioned for the Actors Studio Drama School at Pace University. And uh, they loved what I did. They offered me a scholarship. Um, uh, but, the, uh, but you know, through the military, I get like a free ride in a way. And uh, so I told them, give that to somebody else, please. And around the same time, Ben, I mentioned my name to you guys at the Labyrinth Theater. Um, uh, and uh, while I was waiting to start my program, you reached out to me, you specifically. And I remember I was getting emails from you, but uh, I thought it was spam. I didn't know what Labyrinth was at that time. I thought it was spam and I was just erasing them. And then you called me and I, I don't know if you remember this conversation, but, but you called me and I was like... Uh, Who's this? And he was like, oh, this is Patrick from uh, Labyrinth Theater. And we wanted to know if you want to do the summer intensives. Like, who you? Who gave you my info? And then you told me Ben Snyder and that I should do it. La, la. And he said that he thought that I would be a great fit, that I should do it. And then I said, yeah, if you think I should do it, if you think it works, like, it, you know, I, I, I knew Ben and uh, I have respect for Ben. And Ben had a... Uh, uh, put me in his first pilot while I was in City College. And at the same time, uh, we had started talking about the film. And uh, and I was like, uh, you know what? If he thinks I should do it, I'll do it. So then I did it. And so I did that in the summer right before I was about to go into into my master's program. That's when I did Labyrinth. Oh, so they paralleled. They, they started at the yeah. same time. Cool. Because yeah. I always like, you know, I'm like, what got you? That's... I forgot that they paralleled. I think I might have known that at the time, but no, I remember that phone call. Was, I was the second I said Ben's name, all of a sudden, then we had a conversation. Yeah, yeah. Because at first I was resistant. Yeah, I didn't trust nobody around that time. No, no reason to. And I, what, what got you? I mean, it's funny because obviously the beginning of Lab, you start, you got people's attention there, and I'm sure the same thing happened at uh, Pace. Is that right? Pace University, yeah. And, uh, but I was curious, what what do you think got what got the first professional gate? What got the thing that got things moving for you? So yeah, so so that summer intensive with the labyrinth, um, it did a lot for me because at, at the same time I, I was in the space where I didn't trust anybody. I was uh, coming down eventually from all that stuff that I have been through and I have been consuming. So it took me like two three years. You know, I was in a depression state, even though I was going to, to school. So it took me like two years in a way to start to come down into the victor that you know now, you know. So I was in, in this dark space and I, I didn't enjoy much things. And I I'm, uh, I didn't enjoy the, the sun. I didn't enjoy the wind around that time. And I remember around that time when, when the labyrinth happened, that's when I started to feel a little bit back into myself. I started to come back into myself a little bit. So I was still not in the space to trust everybody, but I trusted Ben and I jumped in. And uh, because of that, I remember that every day we did the whole thing, every the program, you know, like, you know, we go through doing movement and doing development and script writing and all this stuff that we did there. At nighttime, I would go and work on my script that I was assigned, which at that time was Roger and Vanessa. And I, yeah, I would just chill for five minutes at the end of the day. Everybody will hang out, but I would chill for five minutes, come back home. 
I mean, come back to my room. My daughter was just born, so I would call to hear her voice, to talk to my wife a little bit. I'm uh, which she was my girlfriend at the time, but she's my wife now. I'm uh, so I'll talk a little bit and go back into work and work and working. Get up in the morning, I was into exercising, which was helping me with my mental state at the time. So I exercise in the morning, read my stuff, and then go back into the day. By the time the reading came about, I was fully immersed in that reading, which Elizabeth Rodriguez was directing me. And uh, she was very passionate about the, pro uh, the that project. I think it was the first time directing, and she was very, very passionate about it. And like she, she wanted us to do really well, and uh, and, and it, she brought into into light certain. More Mickey Mouse, more Mickey Mouse. Sorry about that. You were saying you were working with, a, and Elizabeth was. I remember that it was her first time directing, and she is she she is disciplined and motivated and specific as one can be. And I'm sure she did not. Yeah, yeah. So she was like, she was like, you know, like how these guys be, and like you know, like in the street, like you gotta talk with this thing, and like and you coming after, her, like and like and you've been locked up. Remember, this character's locked up. Um, so you have to do all. The so like oh she she was trying to bring that out of me, but at the same time around that time I wasn't sharing with everybody the the things that I that that I had gone through and was going through. So I would go at night and and I listened to her and I would go at night and I would process it and then I would read my script and do the work, do the work, do the work. By the time we did the reading, I was so imm immersed in it that uh you know that. I was nervous. I didn't know what was going to come out. Like this is the first time me in front of a bunch of people doing this reading. I had never done a reading before in front of people, you know, like that. I had done the, 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 the school thing, the educational theater for, for, uh, middle school kids, but I had never done, uh, this, this, this uh, reading in front of people where I'm not like a hundred percent memorized. And we have performed in the youth theater in front of a lot of people, but it's like, we come up with this stuff. But this has been a while since I've done anything. I'm in a different space. So right before the thing, I did a bunch of push-ups trying to get myself out of that, you know, you know, release some energy. And then we started. We started the 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 reading, and we we was allowed to move with it and everything. So it starts like there's a place for us, you know, from West Side Story. Somewhere a place for us. So I started doing that in the piano, and uh, I can't play the piano, so I was acting like I was playing it. And then we started going back and forth with uh, um, um, her name. I don't know how to Gillian. pronounce it. Yeah, I, sometimes I say Gillian, sometimes I say Gillian, but it's Gillian, right? Gillian. Gillian. So, yeah. So, I'm uh, since I'm Sp Latino, I say Gillian a lot of times, but it's Gillian in English. Uh, so, yeah. So, I, her and me uh, were going back and forth. And before I knew it, it was over. And we was on the floor laying down and hugging each other. And I, I didn't know, like... I, I got I, I lost track of time. I was just in the moment with her, and then everybody stood up, stood up, started applauding, and then people came. It's like wow, and, and shook my hand. That's when I first saw uh, Stephen McKinley Henderson shook my hand. I'm uh, and uh, Bobby Cannavale shook my hand. It's, and I was like, I, I, I think I'd seen you somewhere. It's like oh, he just walked away, whatever. Like and everybody was just giving me all this positive, beautiful energy. But because of where I was in my heart, still in my mind, like I didn't know how to process all this positive energy. I, I had to come from such a negative space and then all this positive energy coming to me that the next day I was so somber and I had to talk to myself. I said, yo, snap out of it. People are going to think you, you, 
you're an ass. You you know, I'm sorry. I don't know if I could, how I could speak here, if I could curse or not. You can say anything. Okay. So I, I didn't want people to think I, I, I was an asshole. So I snapped out of it and then I went in a, and I listened to other people. But Stephen Aligurgis was one of the people that was in this intensive. I have read his work in City College. I loved his work. Um, uh, and I was like, wow, like this person is here. I have seen so many people that I've seen on TV here. And then I was like, oh, wow. So, but he didn't see it. He didn't see the reading, but he heard about it from everybody. So he came up to me, shook my hand. He was like, congratulations. I heard you did great. And he wanted me to read this thing for the motherfucker with the hat, the, the, the screen version of it. So we did some of that. And I've, then that's it. I went into my, into my acting program. Two years into my acting program, I'm, uh, I had done two readings of uh, Stephen Aligurgis' new play for the Atlantic Theater at that time was called Between uh, at that time which was called uh, Between Riverside and Crazy. So I had done two readings of it, and uh, I loved that play. But I didn't think nothing of it. I didn't think I was gonna get be part of that play. But two years into my program, Stephen Aligurgis um, uh, offered me the role. It was between somebody else and myself. My good friend Eric Betancourt, he was doing a lot of the, the readings of it. And it was tough because it was between him and me. And I, and it was like, I was like, if you get it, that would be great. Uh, and if I get it, that would be great too. So we were supporting each other. Um, uh, and at the time, at the same time, I, we was almost done with my script where, where we had backing and we was about to start producing it. Funny, because those are two huge things that happened, that, that play and the film. And yeah. I'm going to go to the play when you just so people, because some people don't understand how it happens. Like when you say you do readings over two years, it's like the Atlantic is developing the play. And I know, you know, obviously I know Stephen and it's a very somewhat informal. He's inviting people that he, that he like McKinley Henderson and people like that to come into the room to hear, to work on the draft where he's at. And it's, it's just a, it's a constant being available for it throughout that process of two years, right? And just showing up whenever he asks, right? Yes, exactly. So I did a couple of those readings and, uh, but I was just doing it, you know, just because I wanted to do the reading and I wanted to, to be of service and, uh, you know, they're developing a project and then these are great people to be uh, involved with anyways. And I was reading and I was going through all the events that the labyrinth was, was doing at the time as well, because it was such a different energy. It was beautiful. That was the first time I got to hug anybody again at the intensive. And he allowed me to do that, to bring down my guards. So I just wanted to be involved. So I did, I did those two readings. Didn't think nothing of it. And then I got the offer. And that was the first time that I was ever going to work in a professional setting where I was going to get paid for the work that I was doing as an actor. So that was like such a gift. So I had to take sabbatical from a, from a master's program, which was three years. So I, in the second year, I had to take sabbatical. And I didn't know if I was going to be able to come back. But it was so important for me to come back. But I didn't know if they were going to allow me to do that because the way things were going at the time. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I crossed that bridge with Trump's and uh, I got the offer and and, uh, and I'd say yes. And I said yes. And it coincided with my movie because our movie, which was supposed to be filmed around the same time, got pushed back a little. So in those three months, I got to do Between Riverside and Crazy and then go and film the movie. The first time, and then I got to jump on stage with my Stephen McKinley Henderson, which is, he's a Bible when it comes to this theater world and acting world. And it was, to me, that was part of my master's program in a way. Now, he, yeah, he's amazing. And, and 
not only is he a great actor, but when you say master's program, he's also like a, a great teacher in the simplicity and clarity that he brings. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, yes. I think because I knew you were in the master's program and I think because of your film, I don't think I knew that that was your first professional gig. That's great because I'm always curious, like what happens and how does, how does that start? And I think oh, what starts is when I hear you talking, I'm like, yeah, show up for people, show up and I'm in service and people that like cat, like creative, what's the A for creative arts, creative arts team, you know, is creative that, arts team. Yes. They're, they're, they are speaking to you and you do the work and then you meet Ben and then the Labyrinth community resonates with you and Stephen invites you and you show up and you do the work. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're at the Atlantic doing this play that gets a second production. And a lot of people in, not a lot, but some of the people involved in that company and Elizabeth was in the movie, right? Yes. I'm uh, Elizabeth Rodriguez. That was uh, I'm, uh, the, the person that directed me. Um, at the uh, the intensive, she we casted her as my older sister, um, uh, which was more of a mo mother figure in a way because, you know, parents weren't around. Yeah. Um, uh, she was like uh, my older sister, but more like a mother to me, and uh, and it worked perfectly because of her energy and she understands th those worlds, you know, like coming from uh from you know from from those type of communities. And uh, and not only that, but like she was just like that for me for the intensive, so it worked perfectly. So we casted her, we casted David Zayas, we casted um, uh, John Leguizamo did did a, a scene with uh, with us, um, uh, uh, Julia Stiles, Mike Carson. Um, uh, it's a lot of people that I didn't think I was gonna get to work with around that time. I was like, wow, I'm working with these people, and just like a year ago. Two years ago, I was in this whole different world. So that takes off. I mean, you got two projects going and that community, but I got to figure that Riverside gets a little attention, you know, it wins a Pulitzer. Is that like, how do you all of a sudden, do you, is it, how do you get an agent? How do you start all of a sudden? Cause you're in, you know, you're getting different auditions. I imagine now you're going yeah. in for TV and things like that. So around this time, I didn't have a manager. I didn't have an agent. I was just working with the people in the community and that got me a play, and at the same time, develop the film. So once we did Between Riverside and Crazy the first time at the Atlantic, um, uh, Stephen McKellen Henderson's manager came to see the show, and I, I was talking to everybody. They're like, oh, how do I get agents? How do I get manager? And they were telling me this is the time to get them, but I didn't know how to go about it. And Stephen McKellen Henderson, I think she was like, oh, he's, he's great. Who is he? And, uh, and then he was like, oh, he don't have representation if you want to talk to him. So, you know, there was other managers that came into the theater and they wanted to sit down with me and me. So I met with some certain people. But uh, when I met with her, um, uh, it was at a, at a like a brunch er, uh, around her place. And uh, it felt good. The energy was great. And uh, she was like, you know, I'm a. Uh, this is what it is. I'm just gonna tell you certain things that you might need to, to to work on. Um, uh, we'll try to map out what, what your career might look like, and uh, and I like that. And it felt good. It was the first person that I sat down with. Everybody else was phone and text so far, and she invited me to sit down, and it felt good. So she she took she took she took my uh, uh she took me in uh, as a, as a client, and I took her as a basically as a client too because it's a relationship. 
Uh-huh. Uh, so, you know, that's one thing people think is like, I'm uh, oh, I'm working with four other people or vice versa, but it's not, it's a relationship. We all help each other get to that next step. So when I, we did Between Riverside and Crazy the second time, she invited an agency to come and see me, which was Stuart Talent. And uh, Eliza Colonsais was also represented by Stuart, Stuart Talent and she was in the play. Um, uh, and uh, they uh, this, uh, this, they wanted to sit down with me. We sat down and they gave me representation of across the board. So I'm represented for voiceover, for commercials, for for theater and for TV and film with them. So that's how that's, I went about. And then I went into, into shooting my film. So it helped that I was already committed to be in this world and, you know, looked, uh, was involved in different communities, both in the theater and film and stuff like that. And, uh, and that I was actively searching and working on myself and that got me representation. And yeah, and the working in the big project. I, you know what? I never asked this question. It seems, you know, we're having such a very real conversation about everything, but what's the, when you, you had a manager who's helping you and they help you get the agent. I never ask, what is that? How is that relationship different? All right. So my manager, what, uh, the relationship is like she is it's more personal. I could sit down with her and talk about, hey, listen, I'm not feeling good about this. I'm not feeling good about that. And she would tell me, OK, so I'm um, um let's let's uh, let's she, I, there's someone that I could talk to about my career. And like, uh, you know, like I want to tackle more this type of roles. And then she will talk to the agency. I'm uh and if I, if I need someone to talk to the agency instead of me going directly to them, she could do that for me. I could ask advice about about certain characters. You know, what do you think about the clothing? What do you think about what should I wear for this? As she could give me, she gives me books. Why don't you read this book? It will help with this certain things. I'm uh, it's more like a closer relationship. Yeah, it sounds it sounds more personal involvement in the team of building a career and yeah. Right. And, and, and my agency is most, mostly getting me auditions. Right. They get me auditions. They get me auditions. I, I prepare them. If I have any questions, I go to my manager. Then I prepare them and I send the auditions, send the auditions, send the auditions. I was going to say after Riverside, you got the agent, you got the manager. Then how does that, you just, it seems like you're working. And then my next thing is like, what, what is it? My question is, I guess, what happens after that for you? Cause it seems like work happens pretty steady. You do, you do Paulus play, you do uh, Riverside and Steppenwolf, you do another play right out in Chicago. And that's, yeah. that's sort of the momentum building. And then I'm guessing the agent and manager are getting TV and film stuff. So really it's Riverside and that and the manager agent relationship, it sounds like that takes things to the next level of your career. So yeah, so right after that, right after I got my manager and my agent, um, I did uh between Riverside, went and shot my movie, came back, did Between Riverside again. Um, uh, then while I was doing Riverside the second time, somebody came to see it that loved Stephen Worth from Chicago, from the Steppenwolf Theater. And uh, I auditioned for a play um, uh, about a soup kitchen in the Bronx um, um, called The Grand Conquers. And uh, they had just seen the play the night before. They just went to theater. You know, the people that were casting and then my my agency sent me to that audition and they were like, oh, that's the guy from me. So they casted me right away. 
So I went to Chicago and they stepped with when I was there, the casting director for Chicago Fire, Chicago PD, Empire came to see the show. They asked me to audition while I was there. My agency didn't even know this. So I went and I met with them and they gave me an audition. I went and audition and they were like, yo, we, we want to pin you. We want to hold you for this. That's when I called my agency, let them know, listen, I auditioned for Empire and I auditioned for Chicago PD. I'm, I'm on hold for both of those. They were like, okay, okay. I need, I need you to, you know, to, to negotiate this. So they started negotiating the contracts with them and everything. Um, uh, and, uh, and that's how I did Empire and Chicago PD. Then I came back to New York. I wanted to finish my program. I told them it's important for me. So I went to my master's program and I told my program as well, I need to continue to work. I need to continue to do this because that's what we're going to school for, to do this. And uh, and then they saw everything that I was doing and what that was going to do, that, that, that was going to attract attention to the school in a way. So they allowed me to continue to do these certain things, these auditions, or go and finish filming empire or do certain things. But that was through my teachers. My teachers were like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And they'll, they'll excuse me. Um, uh, came back, finished my program, got on high maintenance. I got in, uh, Paola's play. I'm, uh, to Hector, I met, I met some. And then I just continued to work, continued to audition and book things. Continue. And, uh, so work created more work for me. Taino. Work created more work for me. Oh, you know what was interesting? When I saw you at Tell Hector I Miss Him, and you, we, we were talking about something about making film. And and you were, and this is sort of where I started with the idea of the music videos and stuff in the career and self-producing is you're like, you know people, just you know people who know what they're doing. Ask them, ask them for help, you ask them. And mm -hmm. I'm wondering where that came from because it seems like your self-generating work you're not you know not only are you building relationships and you're in the place and you're creating opportunity you know and you're aware that opportunity is happening but you also you know you did you did get the film produced you you and ben got things created you've made the music videos that look incredible so that comes to you know not only do they sound great they look great they're they're you're getting asking people to get involved to know what they're doing and i'm just curious you know, has that always been part of who you are? Is that something that came about? As far as creating things and asking people. Just that confidence and comfort of asking people to be like, hey, do you want to do this? You know, I'd like to work with you. Um, uh, I guess I'm, I've, I've always been like I'm uh, open and I've always been like I'm uh, someone that jumps in. Maybe my background in the youth theater, as, uh, as uh, you know, that there's a lot of improv that goes on there. It's about yes and yes and. Plus, I've always been like a like a like a happy kid, and uh, I was a happy kid, and like try to joke around all the time, and I was good with people. I guess like I'm, a, which helped in the street. This is a business. I'm a, and it helped me in this world because it's about relationships. Everything is about relationships. You treat, you treat, I've always treat people well and people, you know, I guess I get it back. I'm a, but then I, I've learned also that there's people out there that, that might not have that same energy. But I, 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 I've always been a person that goes for certain things and ask questions I'm a, and go to people. Even let's say my wife and I go shopping, I'm a, I go and I ask the people that work there. Like I see someone, we look. I go directly to them, you know, and I talk to them. And they, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife is not like that. She wants to look for certain things herself. But I've always been like that in a way. 
Because, yeah, and I think because it's funny, I think about uh, the barrier always, you know, like for me or thinking of other people like, oh, it's challenging. I want something I want to, you know, as opposed to like you said about the relationship between the manager, like we're both working together. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing when you're asking people to work on a, you know, Elizabeth Rodriguez, first director at the lab. And that's how you met her. And like, well, I'm making a film. You're an actor. You'd like to be in a film. I should ask you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and then, you know, Ben, like, knew her for a long time through the labyrinth, so it makes sense. And he was the one that reached out to her, he, which is perfect. When he told me, what do you think about her for this for this role? I was like, I think she'll be perfect. I think she'll kill that role. Um, uh, so, yeah. That, uh, yeah, it's like that. I think, you know, it, it, it's something about, you know, wanting to connect with other people. And, I, you know, taking that jump, I won't, at one point in my life, I was like more like to myself and I had to learn to to go, you know, and and jump in, in a way. I'm going to say, what do you what do you carry? What do you think now the difference between? Well, it's funny because you just said it, but what I think about what do you carry into the room when you think of going in the first day of rehearsal or the audition or a meeting or something? What do you carry in that maybe you didn't? When you were starting the journey, so when I come in into uh, nowadays, when I come in into into a theater or to a film or anything that before it was just fun, I would just go and like you know when I was doing the youth theater group or any all the acting stuff, it was for me fun, fun. But when I went through that stage in my life, that was very harmful to myself, self harm in a way I call it. Um, and I came back into this world because I had to focus that energy somewhere else and I did that intensive and I was so focused I understood that it's not just fun but this is work this is work if I want to do something yeah I could have the fun but I, I need to work in order for this to be very powerful and strong and, and emit that human emotion and hum, human connection which is what we seek all the time so I understood that so now when I go into this room I'm, I try to be as prepared as possible. I read the script multiple times. I'm, uh, I try to understand my character, write backstories. I, I've come up with the if and the what ifs. I'm, uh, what's my obstacle? What do I want? What's my obstacle and what's standing on my way? I try to come up with this thing. So I, when I come in the room, it's not just now about the fun. It's about how prepared I am and how trying to in, investigate this human and like how close to this human I am and what are the differences and how I could blend those two myself into this person and come up with the best possible you know i do the script analysis the arc so now it's different now when i go into the room i did my master's program i understand how to how to how to you know i go into the basics basically i go into the basics that i've learned and i connected to what myself who i am as a human being i understand it better and it's interesting because you always do the i think always have to do the basics i also love the fact that like you have to do the work and then in that, it is not that your work is not energized and playful. It's not, mm. bur- you know, it's not burdensome. That's what lets it come alive, I think, yeah. uh, from watching it. And so that's the big difference when I work, walk into the room, the, the work. I understand his work. It's yeah. not just fun, you know. Great. And um, what, what advice do you have for anybody? Because your journey is fucking amazing. Thank you. And and I and I always love your work. And I was thinking about the the idea of river, you know, Riverside, and uh, and then and I say it to Medea, and I've seen and I watch the music. I, funny to say, I watch the music. I listen to the music, watch the videos, and all the work. But when I thought of like 
from there to the Brooklyn Academy of Music and how well-rounded it is. And I, I hope, uh, you know, I hope the momentum keeps up after the pandemic for you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I, I'm in this stage right now. I'm like, oof, I'm so, cause I love this world. And, the, and like I said before, it kind of saved my life, man. And like, I get nervous and scared and frustrated. And sometimes like a hint of depression because I'm like, this pandemic has me, you know, you know, not doing or fulfilling the things that I want artistically when it comes to acting. I'm still doing some music, but I love acting. It feeds me, it feeds my soul. So I hope this comes back and keeps going because it's, it's life for me, you know? I'm uh yeah. So on the, you know, the, the, the journey is fantastic. And I, I, I think it's gonna keep going, but I empathize. I, I have all those same feelings of like, oh, I need it to keep going when it took, <laughs> I need it to be over. Yeah. <laughs> and to keep going do you have yeah do you have advice what do you yeah 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 going with that like this is a, an area that you got to understand that that uh, you know like what we're talking about like you gotta want it it's gotta be part of you like look at yourself and if this is something that you really want to be involved with that's one if you really want it you know that yeah i'm a, that's one thing and then secondly go Secondly, go 100% for it. Like, go for it. Because that, that's what clicked for me. That's what switched. Like, because of my circumstances, circumstances I, I, would, I guess, it forced me to go 100% on it because I wasn't focused on anything else but this, acting in this world because, you know, I didn't want to go back to the other thing that I was doing. And in focusing 100%, something clicked and I understood about the work ethic and I understood about community. Okay, if I wanna be involved in this, I gotta go and see theater. I gotta go and hang out with people that do theater. I gotta be on service. I gotta do readings with people. I gotta go and train myself. I understood that I gotta go and, and, and create myself, create things myself. If I wanna do this, I wanna be involved in it a hundred percent. So that's one thing, uh, one advice that I give is like the competition is not other people. The competition is yourself. You you gotta be wanna be better, better every day. You kinda wanna be better at what you're doing with yourself, you know. So if I was at this level today, I'm uh, tomorrow I wanna be. Let's say if I'm at level three today, tomorrow I wanna be at level four and level five. So forget about the competition with other people. Sometimes it's healthy competition, but a lot of times you get lost in that. It's about What's next for me? Okay, I'm I'm off in this area. Why am I off? Let me study a little bit about my scenario because people are talking about it and I feel like I don't understand it. Let me start study about a little bit about about the method because I don't really understand it. Okay, Shakespeare, what's going on with this? The diction, like your competition is yourself always. You know, try to be better about the things you do for yourself. You know, Man, that's fantastic. And what's your son's name? My son's name is Taino. Say hi. Say hi. Hi, Taino. One second. We're almost done. Okay. Okay. Yeah, thank you, Victor. Thank you, Taino. <laughs> I just love that. We'll be down in a minute. Okay. Okay. You know, it's... Uh... <laughs> Feel like that's sort of it. It's like you know, it puts perspective in the work. You know, we're all doing the work, but 
I think the last year and a half has put people in perspective of other things that we have to do while we're doing the work. And it also highlights the challenge of trying to navigate the normalcy of this and moving forward while also doing it under circumstances of recording at your home and uh, all that. But I love, you know, Victor's just fucking, he's a great guy and he has a great spirit and he's very generous. But that thing that he said at the end about what he carries in and is about that it's work, and that he does the work. I met him 2013, maybe? 2012, 2013, somewhere around there, and he was about the work then. I mean, I he worked so hard. He talked about that scene, uh, the play reading he did of Roger and Vanessa, which is a play by Brett Leonard, and he had, they, the, both, the two of them had clearly done the work, and he's always done it, and I, but not always, because he talked around his point of view changing, but since I've known him. And, and I think that is, you know, it's really the key. It's, uh, and that competition, you know, it keeps a thematic thing for me in the pandemic is the absence of competition from others. But he, you know, he brought it back that it's a competition with yourself. And it's true, you know, you need to constantly be growing. And yeah, he, you know, that's what we want to be doing. And that's what I want to carry with me. When I think about like, oh, I don't want to be back to the competition of field. I want to keep, I want to move forward in the world. And I want to be just as happy today when I hear somebody is working in reality as I am when I see that they're working online. And I want to be just as driven forward for myself of doing the best work I can do and better and trying to get better each time. And uh, with that said, it was great to talk to him and appreciate it. Uh, you know, giving me, lending us his dad for a little bit so we could have that conversation. Looking forward in the coming Broadway season of Steven, seeing uh, Stephen Allegarius' play and with the cast. And Liza Colonzeus, who's also been on the pod, is in that cast. And uh, Victor. And, and another thing I just wanted to also say, you know, as we're getting back next year, we just learned that uh, Leah Romeo, the Farm Theaters College collab playwright this year, it got accepted into Juilliard's playwriting program. So excited about that. And also because that was the first thing I think I talked about on the pod, we're going to do the public reading of her play in October, which will be the first thing we do with an audience in person in a long time. So uh, just grateful that things are moving forward. And I hope things are going well for you and that you are, you know, just going to go back to a theme I had at the beginning of this pandemic. I hope that you are taking care of yourself and creating at whatever rate is positive and healthy for you. And appreciate you listening and sharing. And with that, we're out. <laughs> <laughs>